Battle Line Podcast. Uh, this episode, we're not doing our usual uh, intro and outro because we just don't have time. Chris is limited on time. And we have a, we have a lot of things to talk about. I mean, I did want to say that the the uh, podcast that you did with um, Quint Emerson, Survive yeah. the Podcast, I mean, we don't, we don't have the time to really go into it, but it was excellent. He does a great job. Yes. You know, when I always think of podcasts, <clears throat> it's kind of... Uh, a lot of them are the same. I, I don't. I love what we do. I don't know if we're necessarily reinventing the wheel, nah. but he he kind of is in terms of this well, this survivability scenario. It's like a choose your own adventure book, and I've never heard anyone do it before. Quint, it's it's a, it's it is it's a scenario based podcast, and it's excellent because it is it's it, and it's fun. You're putting yourself in the moment, but it does it reminds me of reading those those adventure books which, as a yeah. kid. Like, hey, choose this, turn to page 56. Hey, you want to fight the dragon? Then turn to page 62. And and it was, but he's got an excellent production team with this as well. And uh, so, you know, like our podcast, I, I'd say with, you know, the, the production, the people behind the podcast really are the ones that make it great. I mean, I, you have to have a, a, a person that, that and I think we have a good rapport with each other. Clint is an excellent yeah. interviewer and he's just a great guy. And it yes. comes across that way. But you got to give kudos to his production team too. They were on there as well. They were tremendous as well. I mean, they were spot on, got everything. But they just made, you know, the, honestly, I feel comfortable talking to anybody, but they did. They made it feel comfortable, made it feel fun. Um, but it, it was, it was neat. And uh, it was neat to be able to do as, hey, what are you going to do, left or right? And, and making those calls uh, if something happens in your life, I think it's tremendous. It's a great teaching tool. I think you could do classes. On that, and, and I'd actually do some classes like that when I'm doing my battle line courses, where it's say right or left, what are you going to do? And um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 if anybody wants to be ready, situationally aware of things going on around them, um, listen to the podcast. It, it gets you some ideas of thinking outside the box, um, uh, and you're getting it from guys that are trained and have lived by thinking outside the box, and. I think that's why the podcast was fun for me because like, man, that's, yeah, I remember a lot of those things you think about when you walk in a room and you look around and go, okay, what do I have at my disposal? Uh, if something happens, it's not paranoia. I keep talking, it's not paranoia. It's just being ready. Like uh, what we talked about with, um, with John, with him having that list and him sitting in the, in that car in the, in Mexico and him looking around yeah, going, which okay. we're going to get into yeah, yeah, which, which, for the audience. Yeah. Sorry, guy, I'm, I'm all over the place, <laughs> but anyway, it's, 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 and it's a fun thing to listen to as well. And if you're on it guys, if, if Clint asked you to be on it, or some of my peers go on it, it's fun. You know, he's not trying to get you. It's not like, Hey, I I'm the alpha male. I'm cooler than you because I no. it's, it's a fun podcast. And I tell you, it's going to help people when they listen to it that aren't in the line of work that we used to be in or some that are currently in. So go on Clint's podcast. And if you don't listen to it and again, Clint, nice job, his production team, excellent job. I, I had a blast on it and thanks for saying it came across well, because I still don't listen to anything that I'm ever on. Cause I think I sound like David oh, Beckham. But I, I have to, man. I, I, <laughs> I mean, you can't, everybody who says, Oh, I hate the sound of my own yeah. voice. I can't, I can't, I wouldn't be able to do this if I hated the sound of my own voice. I, I'm fine <laughs> well, you have a cool a voice, dude. You have the quiet <laughs> storm voice. I told you, you've got exactly. the Casey Kasem, Barry White mix, or you've got that voice going on, man. So uh, as Chris just kind of hinted at, you know, you guys already see the title. We have John Jackson coming on, who was a longtime friend of Drew Wire. But before we get into that, which we just recorded and it went great, um, we have a new sponsor on board, which we're really excited to have. And 
you've been doing stuff with them for a yeah. while, and that's Pamax Tactical. Yeah, since uh, Florida, they came in and and they showed me what they had their Lion device, and we'll get into what that is. Uh, uh, that's a low impact ordnance, non lethal device that um, it's utilized. We can use it for training, or you can utilize it for uh, you know. I, 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 I implore military law enforcement to check it out um, because it, it replaces what we used to use as a flashbang, which the flashbang that we use, it's, it overcomes people's senses. It, it, it basically resets whatever you're doing. So it blows up. And this is what flashbangs are used for primarily back in the days. What we used them for when we were going into rooms and clearing rooms, you throw it in there. The lights and sounds would overstimulate people's senses. So you have that extra split two seconds to get in the room and do what you need to do before they are able to, to recover those senses. But flashbangs, honestly, that's like holding a stick of dynamite in your hand. It's very dangerous. And even for training scenarios, which when I do training scenarios, especially at Blackwater at the time, you know, we use flashbangs to over to, to get people to move, to, to, to overwhelm their senses, but they are inherently dangerous because essentially just holding a, a smaller stick of dynamite in your hand where this thing, the, the line device, it's, it's not, it's non-lethal. Um, it's tremendous because there isn't that threat of making a mistake and guys have where they have held a flashbang in their hands and didn't let it go. And it, it, it's, it, it, uh, you know, it injured them. This thing isn't it. And you can drop it. I know I've seen, you can go on their website and look at videos, drop the thing and it doesn't go off. Um, but it, it, it's something that you have more control of in an environment that you do need that control because training with firearms or explosives or so forth is dangerous. And the safer you can make it in training, the better the training is going to be. And yeah, I, I tell you what, I was impressed when I saw it, uh, the way, uh, you know, First of all, how it's built, um, th that it's reusable. That's going to save you money, especially because law enforcement, military guys, you know, being able to reuse something over and over and over again, is going to save you money. But just the, the, just the safety issue, because I've had experiences with other explosive devices that you utilize for training where I've seen guys make mistakes and they've lost fingers or they've had severe injuries on their hands or burns. Um, and this, this minimizes all of that. Um, and that's why we use it at Battleline Tactical for our training. We, we, we actually have a partnership with them and we will use it for our vehicle defense training. And also this uh, November, when we go to Defender Outdoors, we'll use it for scenario-based training where we do room clearing, where we do room-based room scenarios. Um, so that's yeah, tremendous. And the group there, again, integrity, like all of our sponsors that we have, tremendous integrity, tremendous customer service. And they believe in their product, which makes the product well. And because they have integrity, it also makes the product well. And it makes Absolutely. it better than anything else. So, yeah, I, I, but I know Ian's going to read the specs on it so you guys get to know what it is. But check them out, guys. Look at their YouTube videos. And like so we've been using it since Florida in February. Battleline has. And Jeremy Mitchell, who is part, one of my Battleline instructors, is actually a certified instructor to teach the uh, to teach the Lion device to to uh, anybody that comes to our classes. So definitely check these guys out. They're tremendous. They're 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 breaking. They're a breakthrough in the industry. Brand new guys. They're they're, they're, they're innovative. They're going to take over everything that we utilized flashbangs for. I don't want to call it a flashbang because it's not, but they're going to take that room over, but then also home defense, you know, having it in your home, it's not, not a bad idea, you know, to, to, to have that sensory sensory overload to give you that split second to get out of the house if you need to. So you don't have to shoot somebody. So you don't have to kill somebody. You don't have to rely on, rely on guns. You can, Throw that at your at your attacker. Somebody breaking in the house, it blows up. I guarantee you, 
it's going to scare the living crap out of them. And you're going to be able to get the hell out of the house or do what you need to do to, to separate and get yourself out of danger. Yeah, 100%. So check them out, guys. Pamax Tactical, they're a law enforcement owned and operated company. And that device, which Chris was talking about, is the Lion device, low impact ordinance, non-lethal device, reusable, as you just heard us talk about, impact actuated blank fire device designed for simulation sports and training, not a flashbang. The device accepts three cartridges, any 209 primer, nine millimeter pack blanks and B12 mini blanks. The V2 base is available for law enforcement officers and military, and it accepts proprietary B12 to two inch blanks to replace modern use of flashbangs. It's safer, reliable and cost effective. No paperwork necessary and proudly made in the USA. So go to pmtactical.com, pmtactical.com, use the promo code Tonto and you're going to get 10% off all your purchases. And and as always, guys, that's T-A-N-T-O. I know a lot of people get the spelling on that wrong. Hey, for all my peer instructors out there, all my peers, guys, definitely check out the Lion device for your training needs. I, if you guys do any sort of scenario-based training, uh, you definitely need that Lion device. It's something that will help uh, help you increase the uh well, some of the levels that you need to have people at when they train, especially scenario-based training, you want to be able to get their their heart rates up. You want to be able to get their stress up. And what better way to do that but an explosion here or there. But if you're going to have an explosion, you also want to make sure that that is a non-lethal, safe explosion that goes off that's not going to cause any injuries. Guys, if you're an instructor out there that does scenario-based training, you got to check out the line devices and, and get with the uh, Get with the website there at that pmtactical.com. That's uh, pmtactical.com, guys. Check them out for all my instructors out there. Make it happen. And uh, and on in the realm of firearms and stuff that you guys use with Battleline Tactical as well, of course, every show is sponsored by Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC-spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states. So go to fortscottmunitions.com, click on the dealer locator, and you're going to find a store right by you. I know like by me, it's South Shore Sportsman in Merrick. So being I'm on Long Island and, you know, there's not a ton of gun stores here, that lets you know that you probably will find something within a 10 to 20 mile radius. And, and they're catching up on, on the, on their ammo. Um, you know, it's, 300 blackout was, was definitely at a low for a time. They're starting to catch it back up on the 300 blackout and, and, and of course the nine mil. So um, guys, check them out. Um, I'm very lucky cause I'm really close to them now <laughs> where I live in Kansas, but uh, but find a store. They're still making sure the stores are stocked. And and um, yeah, but guys, uh, try it. If you haven't tried their ammo, you're going to use it. You're not going to go back to anything else. Um, home defense and hunters, best ammo out there on the market. Um, yeah, tremendous ammo, tremendous company. And it's the reason why Battleline Tactical has been with Fort Scott Munitions since their inception, geez, three, four years ago. Uh, we, yep. We're not going to this. 
and uh, the shirts, awesome quality. Yeah, yeah. Get the Tactus Squatch shirt, and you can get 15% off any of that stuff when you use our promo code BATTLELINE at fortscottmunitions.com, F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. Link is in the description uh, for this episode. But yeah, use the promo code BATTLELINE, and you're get, you'll get 15% off all of that merch. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The Switch is on, Battle Line Podcast, very special guest today, John Jackson. And should I say John Jackson the third or just John Jackson? <laughs> oh, you can just call me John Jackson. That's fine. <laughs> so this is the first time either of us have talked yeah. to John. And the the reason this all happened basically is because, you know, two years ago, uh just recently, uh our great friend, mm-hmm. friend of all three of ours, Drew Dwyer, passed away. You know, for those who don't know, Marine, CIA. And a lot of people, I think, know Drew's background from his writings or from uh, podcasts he did. Some people who listen to this show now don't know Drew, and I think they want to know more about Drew. And we get, like, great feedback when I post these things remembering him. And then I saw John's comment where John said, Drew literally saved my life. Yeah. And I was, I was like, I have to hear that story. So it's just great to have you on, man. Sure. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, no, th- thanks, brother. Yeah, appreciate you coming on and and hope we can you know take over the the podcast here and and you know because I, I, I like to hear your story with Drew because I knew Drew very well. Um, sure, him working him and I on GRS, and then after uh, you know I got to know him even better to be honest with you after the agency because you know he was one of the guys that in this world of shit, which is public media, public figuring it, all that other stuff, shit that comes with the stuff that that took place after, you know, once the book came out and the movie came out, he was one of the, like a handful of people I could probably count on one hand that would still stay genuine. That stayed. Sure. Oh, that, absolutely. that did, you know, and that, and that, but, but still was, and I could tell was still battling his own inner demons, but didn't ever let that affect his relationship with people. He was still good to people, you know? Right. And, and you don't, absolutely. And, man, you don't find that in the, in this public figure, social media, Hollywood, whatever you want to call it world, when people are just having good days and he was able to maintain that on even his bad days was so, yeah, I, I want to hear how he, how he helped you about it and your relationship with him. And, and I sure. think the listeners would like to hear that as well. Um, 
but we got to wait for Ian to give us the, the go ahead. So, okay, start talking. We can talk about it now. No, we're recording. <laughs> we're good. I'm always paranoid now. Like my mic sounds good because we were having technical. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, we're, we're all good to go. I mean, I will tell the audience, you know, just so, for some background, John, let me know. Not only a longtime friend of Drew, but his best man during his wedding yeah. in yeah. Italy. Um, you guys played minor league football together. And yep. now you're currently a wide receiver coach at Stonebridge High School in Ashburn, Virginia, who were the state champions with you as coach. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting into all of it. I didn't even know that Drew played minor league football, to be honest. Yeah, you know, that's where I uh, that's where I met Drew, uh, 2003. Uh, we had a little meeting at a restaurant and, uh, you know, in walks this guy wearing this uh, police uniform and kind of kind of gung ho. And there were a couple of guys like that that walked in. He was just fresh out of work and. Um, walked in and we immediately took to each other and introduced ourselves to each other. And we were fast friends, um, played on the same side of defense. He had my back over the top. He was a, a safety. I was a cornerback and uh, he always had my back. You know, even after we stopped playing football, he was uh, he was always there for me after that. So, yeah, that, great that's, guy. you know, that, that that's another one reasons uh, Drew and I had a good relationship because I played football through college as well and paid. So it was something also we could talk about where, sure. um, you know, surprisingly you would think in the special operations community, you have a lot of athletes, athletic guys right. at a place. That's honestly, that's not the truth. You find if you find probably, I would say 15, 20% of the guys that have in the special operations community that actually played sports up through the, even not just high school level and, you know, and they get smaller in the intercollegiate level. Sure. So, sure. um, you know, he was an athlete. I, I, I how did, yeah, you know, I would know some, some of your best memories. Cause I love football and my dad coached yeah. throughout my childhood. I grew up on the football field. Sure. Um, some of your best memories with Drew playing, maybe some of the greatest, because being a defensive back, I was a free safety. My brother yeah. was a cornerback. You know, and that's when we could hit people. You know, we weren't targeting oh, yeah. their heads, but you could, you could, <laughs> you could clothesline them and, and just lay them out. Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys have any of those kind of hits where you guys came together and just nail got, and then you high five yeah. each other at the, at yeah. the end of the <laughs> So absolutely. You know, we played, we were a, uh, an expansion team. So we had a lot of guys that had, maybe come from other teams or sure. hadn't played before together. So, you know, we had had that struggle in the beginning. Um, however, when Drew and I played on the same side, as I said, and, uh, you know, I'd kind of turn around, give him a look, give him a nod when we knew we had a good receiver coming our way. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if, if something happened and he slipped by me or whatever the case may be, there were a couple times where there were some high-low impacts, you know, <laughs> that, that turned some guys end over in. But we really had a great rapport. Um, yeah. on the field and off the field. We had some away games where, you know, some of the some of the younger guys uh, would go into some some drinking establishments and oh, get yeah. a little trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we had to had to go in there and kind of rescue those guys out of there and, and, and get them straight. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I people realize and that was a good prepping ground. I think Drew Drew and I would talk about this. Sports and athletics was a good was a good baseline to go in the special operations community. If people don't know Drew was uh, with Force Recon, he was he was, which is now Marsoc, which are the Raiders. They've changed their name, but they are part of the special operations community. And, and having that baseline of teamwork, like you talked about, just giving each other an eye, look at each other, and say, "Okay, don't need to say a word. Just you got it, got it. Okay, I know what each other's going to do." But that applied so much and gave me, I believed, an advantage once I started clearing rooms and doing, uh, you know, doing assaults and use, doing small unit tactics because that's essentially what what you're doing with your teammates on a football field. It's small unit tactics and it gets to a, a level that's extremely 
Um, it can be extremely dynamic and it can be extremely vicious to the point of, you know, before you're not crossing that line of, of killing somebody. And I'm not, you know, sure. I, there, there is a complete difference, but you know, you, sure. you do have that, that teamwork where you are, especially on the defensive side of the ball, especially when you're DBs and you got a, a shit talking receiver out there. Cause I was a shit talking <laughs> receiver. I went to college and I played receiver. I was one of those other sides that you're like, okay, all right, I got this guy. All right. He's coming your way. And I remember there was a DB of corner and a free safety that I played against where I was doing my talking and the DB let me go on purpose. So the free safety could come up and, and he closed line the shit out sure. of me and my feet sure. are up in the air. But, and, but that's, that's the beauty of, of athletics. That's why I always tell you young guys out there, young people that want to join the military, want to go to special operations, play athletics, man, especially football and basketball, play those things. Cause you are developing your situational awareness, but you're also developing your small, your, your teamwork. And, and it sounds like you guys did it. I mean, you're still doing it obviously at the high school level. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, we did have one game when we played uh, minor league football together. I actually played against uh, my cousin who had a team that was close in the area, <laughs> who was who was pretty irate that I was not playing for his team. So Drew and I had to make a little pact that come hell or high water, we were we were not going to get scored on by this one particular team. <laughs> my cousin actually moved out to wide receiver. He was a short squatty running back. Moved out to wide receiver. We really got into it going down the field. I ended actually ended up intercepting the ball. Tossed it to Drew afterwards. Drew threw it back, and my cousin kind of hit him in the head. So <laughs> it was it was it was just a great day. It was a great day. That's good, good stuff, man. Go ahead. Go ahead so eat. what was uh Drew's? You know, I guess you'd say football career, but minor league football was that after the Marine Corps and like in between contracting? Yeah, it it was. He was uh, he was still a, a spo at that point, so he was had had a little free time to to get with us and and work out playing football. So, yeah, that that's what he was able to do in his free time. It, it, yeah, it, it, that's just Drew, man, and being a spo. But then he moved on and became a, a staff guy. Just so people are clear out there. Drew didn't contract. Drew was an actual staff team leader for GRS. And again, we we'll get into that in a bit, but. That having a, a GRS team leader that actually had experience within the special operations community and then also having Drew's being Drew was was something that you didn't see very often in the GRS community because this the, and, and you guys will love this. I know all of you guys that follow the government and know how shady the government is to be a team leader on the staff side with CIA. You don't have to meet the same requirements as a contractor. You have to you don't have to have any special operations experience or any even military experience to be a team leader of guys that have six, seven, eight years of special operations experience, but that's the government for you. But Drew did, and he was one of the very few, which made him special on the GRS side of the house too. But again, we'll, we can get into that here in a bit, but it's just amazing what Drew did and then doing SPO work and then doing minor league football in his spare time. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty good stuff. It was pretty good stuff. Yeah. We actually had a, uh, another guy that won't mention his name. He's still, still active, but he, he, uh, is another team leader and, uh, he was, uh, he was our okay. coach. He was one of our coaches on defense. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Go ahead, Ian. I mean, I cut you off, bro. I'm sorry. No, it's not. I, I was just going to say, it's like, it's not surprising to me that at least, you know, in my experience that you connected with Drew right away. Cause it was the same thing with me. I mean, most of my best friends in life are people I, went way back to high school with, and I still talk to regularly. Many of them actually elementary school. And, and Drew was like the last person I could say I met that was like later on in life and was truly one of my best friends. And uh, for me, what it was, and I've wrote it in posts before, is just how genuine he was. He Absolutely. was not the type of guy 
who uh, I said it on the last show, but you know, when people die, you know, unfortunately, and, and a lot of people will say everyone loved him. There was no one who said it who would add a bad word to say about him. I actually wouldn't put Drew in that category because I think the people, <laughs> the people who really liked him really liked him. But if sure. he didn't get along with you, and there were people yeah. I worked with that he was just like, I don't like this guy, he let you know. There was no phony about him, and I liked that. Absolutely. There were there were friends that I had that that he met along the way. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that guy. I, I don't really I don't really <laughs> trust that guy. So and nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, he was correct. So, yeah, he, he would definitely shoot from his hip. He'd tell it the way it was. Tell, tell me, you know, before the football career or even during it, how did it become where, you know, you, your friendship blossomed and then he became your best man? And, and you know, walk us through that, if you could, your, your time you know, as succinct, but as detailed as possible. Sure. Talking about that relationship and then, then the best man. And then also I got to know what happened at the bachelor party and the wedding. At least much. <laughs> sure. So, uh, so, you know, after I met Drew and we, we started playing ball together, I actually took an early exit um, okay. a few years later, had a, had okay. a, a career ending injury. Um, so I needed to uh, step okay. away, had a pretty bad leg break. Um, wow. Yeah. You know, I got, got that taken care of and, and decided at that point I was ready to, ready to hang up my cleats. But, you know, we had always, um, I mean, you know, weekends we were together hanging out even after that, doing, doing all sorts of things. And he would always make the joke to me that he goes, you know, when I get married, when I get married, you're going to be my best man. And this was, this was early on. And I like, I was like, man, well, you're right now you're single. So you're, you've got a long way to go. So when you find that, that person will, will work it out. But in my head, I'm thinking, you know, you've got, you've got two brothers and you don't need me as your best man. I'm just, I'm just another dude. You know, he goes, no, you're going to be my best man. And, you know, fast forward to 2016 to his wedding, you know, he, he asked me to be his best man. And I was, I won't say that I was shocked, but I was really surprised because, you know, he does have two brothers. Yeah. And, they're, well, and, they're and we've had one of his so. brothers on the show before. Yeah. I mean, genuine, just like Drew. Right? Sure. So, but, but that, that's, so did, what, tell us, tell us about the bachelor party or if anything happened. Uh, <laughs> so so believe, believe, believe it or not, there wasn't really a bachelor party. We actually got together um, and this was per Drew's wishes. We, he didn't want the, the whole bachelor party thing. Um, we actually got together and took a road trip to Orange County Choppers. Oh yeah. Oh, a, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Had a, uh, had a, a, I guess a backstage, uh, uh, tour of the place and, and spoke with some people with the show and, and spent a few hours there looking at all the bikes and, and whatnot. And it was, it was a great time. It was low key, just the way he wanted it. He didn't want a lot of pomp and circumstance. There were probably five people there. Um, wow. in, including, uh, Drew and, and my wife tagged along because, the girls were going to do something and she wasn't really into that. She wanted to go see motorcycles. So we brought her along. So it was, it really was a good time. So that was, awesome. was he a huge fan of the show? Because I, I didn't know that about him. He, he was, he was a huge fan of the show and there were some other, uh, some other uh, events um, when he was living in New York that he got a yeah. chance to, to hook up with those folks and, and Paul senior and, and, and those folks. So he, he was, was a fan of the show. There were definitely certain things in like music and television and media that Drew was just like a mega fan of. Like I know for him, getting to go backstage at Lincoln Park is one of yeah. those memories that he would constantly tell you was so awesome. And then late, like way later on in life, he got to see like Ice Cube up front. He was like a big yeah. Ice Cube fan. So <laughs> I'm not surprised that instead of a bachelor party, he's like, I'm a fan of the show. I want to meet these guys. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. They, they invited us up and we took a road trip up there to upstate New York and had a great time. What was, you know, during the football years, but even after and after the marriage, you know, your relationship with them, 
you know, any, any stories. Cause yeah, I, I knew Drew pretty well. And, and I knew sure. that we, of course I lived miles and miles away from him. So it's not like we could hang out all the time, but sure. Drew's stories, you know, after, and, um, you know, he left the agency and so forth. I, you know, I guess I just, I just kind of want to know what took place after, because really after the agency, um, yeah, I, you just saw Drew not really lost, but just sort of trying sure. to figure things out. And you know, I don't want to, I want to keep this upbeat, but also, you sure, know, sure. This, we, we, we need to know people, uh, yeah. it may help somebody else down the line. Um, that that's just going through through times uh, tough times to, to to figure out a way to get out of them because drew was always a fighter i mean drew fought sure. everything and he, again he I, I said he had his demons i'm not gonna lie i have my demons too we actually were fighting our demons at the same time talking to each other trying to help each other so you know uh, you know what did you see and 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 um you know what 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 the you know how did you help how did you help because we all we all helped you know just, sure so so you know drew was um and I don't get emotional about a lot of things. I, yeah. I get emotional about my family and I get emotional about yeah. Drew. So, you know, his compassion for other people, even his professional life, doing what he did for a living, but coming home and his compassion for people, he wanted to help anyone that needed any kind of help. He would give you the shirt off his back. He would, he would give you whatever he had yes. to make sure that you were okay. And, and for me, um, I guess it was about 2008, you know, we were still great friends. Um, he was doing a lot of traveling. He was over in Afghanistan a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, wasn't home very often. We lived uh, in the same town at the at that time. And uh, for me, I was going through a a, a, a very bad divorce. Uh, yeah. Very very bad um, custody battle. Um, at the same time, my father, who was was also my best friend, um, was was dying, and eventually eventually passed away. Um, this was right around 2008. So it's like um, all, all at the same time, every, all, all, all at the wow. same, all, okay. all at the same time. So, you know, it got to the point, you know, where I was actually looking for a place to live, um, because I just, I, I needed to separate myself from what was going on at home and, and that sort of thing made the, the big decision to, which affected me was because I felt like I, I left my kids. I, I knew that they would be okay, but I just wasn't in the house every day. I, that was, I, I understand. That was, I, I went yeah, through divorce too. I understand. Yeah. Sure. That's, that was the main thing for me. And, you know, I, Drew and I were texting and it was a, a late night for me. And he just happened to be up and said, Hey brother, how you doing? Sent me a text and you know, kind of started rattling off the things that were going on. And he said, well, look, dude, he goes, my house is empty. He goes, I'm not going to be back for months. He goes, here's a garage code. Go, go move into my place. I just, I just need someone to make it yeah. look like it's lived in. You know, I thought about it and I said, well, I'll get back to you tomorrow and we'll, we'll, we'll talk it out or whatnot. So got back to him the next day and he goes, I'm dead serious. He goes, I want you to take your stuff and go to my house. Yeah. So I, I packed up what I had and I, I went to his house and I moved in. And, uh, you know, even at that point I had some place to stay, but I was still at what I thought was an all time low. I didn't know yeah. how to rebound. My kids didn't want to come see me because they weren't in, in their house. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they didn't, they knew Drew, but they didn't really know. You know, why was daddy moving into his house? Why was this going hey, on? Hey, John, how old were they at the time? <laughs> uh, let's see. At the time, I had a I had a high schooler. Uh, okay. She was probably a freshman in high school. I had a middle schooler and elementary school. Okay. Yeah, still. So they were, they were, yeah, they were all, they were all pretty young. So, you know, I, I, yeah, at that point when my, when my dad passed away, that was when I just hit rock bottom. You know, I just, it, you know, you talk about fighting demons. Yeah. There was a lot of, there was a lot of, 
a lot of drinking going on just to oh, just yeah. to try to kill the pain. You're just never to numb no, yourself. You're all those, yeah. Numb. Oh yeah. All, the, all those sort of things. Going going to work, doing my day job, just kind of going through the motions of coming home, you know, to a dark house. There's no one there, just me. Yeah. And you know, I get I get daily texts from Drew every single day, every single day, telling me how good a person I was how good a father I was and that at some point this is all going to blow over and it was going to make me a better human after that. And, you know, he was, he was right. And I, I attribute him sending me that text and saying, Hey, how you doing to saving my life? Because had it not been for that, I don't know. And I could be honest with you guys. I don't know that I'd be here today just because I was in such a dark place at that point. Yeah. And that was, that was his character. He, he just, he just wanted to help. He just wanted to make sure I was going to be okay. Even though he was thousands of miles away doing what he did best, he wanted to make sure that I was going to be okay. But that, that's, that's cool. That's, I mean, that's cool. That, and that's cool that, you know, timing is everything. I do think that timing is, it's not coincidence. Timing just, sure. it happens. And I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a man of faith. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a preacher or nothing, but I believe that, yeah, those things happen for a reason. And then you have sure. a choice. Like you said, you have a choice. Do I, take it as a positive and say, okay, I turn the corner, go, I can fix myself. Or do you still feel sorry for yourself and be like, oh, well, I'm glad it happened, but uh, you know, it's not going to get you. Obviously you're a strong person. You went the, you went the, the way to the right instead of the left. And you said, okay, well, that's great. I do have a positive point in my life I can build on. And sure. You know, that's what you did. Um, yeah. Now, that's Yeah. And doing that, it's not easy, especially at that time working in Afghanistan myself at the time, it's not easy just to text somebody. Yeah, <laughs> from, from oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, and that was before the advent of the cool phones. So we we has we still had crappy Nokia phones that sure. know, looked like the only game you could play on it with te- was Tetris because that's a, <laughs> and so trying to text from those phones was not not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, at that time when I I finally started getting myself together and kind of slapping my face, saying, "All right, you got this. Yeah. You're going to be fine." That was. Right around the same time, um, Drew was starting to, yeah. um, to to leave the agency at that point. That was right around that same time. Yeah, that's and that's so he was going through his own adjustment. Grant, he was he was in a good place from what I remember. Um, right, but uh, but yeah, that that's adjustment. Whenever you leave the agency or you leave a job like that, or you sure. leave the military, or just anything you have, you've done it. You you really love your career and you love your job. It doesn't have to be military or 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 uh, or um, paramilitary related, it could be anything, and you step away from it, and you're still at a young. I mean, he was how old is he? He wasn't even in his forties yet at that time. He was no, still, no, he was he was still in his thirties. Thirties, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah. that's a hard thing to hard hard pill to swallow. It's like, okay, well, I'm out, and you think it's great, and then you get out, and you still got that thirty year old piss and vinegar, and you're like, okay, sure. well, what do I do now? Hope that you guys are enjoying this interview, um, remembering our great friend Drew Dwyer. Not going to lie, there are a few points of this interview I did tear up because just hearing these great stories uh, and, you know, us reliving our memories with Drew is is awesome to do. And, and hopefully you guys are learning something about a true hero. I, I consider Drew a true hero. Um, he was someone who was way more about other people than just himself. Um, before we continue with this, though, we do have some great sponsors on board who keep us going. And we have a new sponsor this week, the most comfortable jeans on the planet, only at RevTown. Performance athletic brands utilize some pretty amazing materials, fabrics that stretch, breathe, and move with you. Unfortunately, these materials aren't denim until now. 
When a few Under Armour execs left to blaze their own trail, they started by addressing the biggest shortfall of denim and jeans in general, movement. So they developed a proprietary fabric consisting of Italian denim that's tough as nails, infused with the materials used in football uniforms and yoga pants. By doing so, Revtown created great jeans that are comfortable, functional, and durable. In fact, they're insanely comfortable. Revtown jeans are designed to help you on the move, whether it's from the office to the bar or right back to the couch. No tight thighs, no bum sweats, and absolutely no crotch binding because Revtown works directly with its customers. They can sell their designer quality jeans at a fraction of the price of other fashion brands. So check them out. If you go to their website, they have so many different designs and it's also like very affordable. So you guys are, are going to love them. Check them out. Uh, and that's at RevtownUSA.com. Men's and women's denim made right. That's R-E-V-T-O-W-N-U-S-A.com. RevtownUSA.com. And you've heard us talk in depth about our friends at Bubs Naturals. And one of the things that I love about their collagen protein in particular um, when I talked to friends about protein and uh, actually was talking to someone yesterday after a hike, he was telling me, uh, you know, the protein he uses. And I was saying using bubs, it's unflavored and it's just one ingredient. And he was saying to me, well, is that bad that I take like a vanilla flavored protein? And it's not that it's necessarily bad, but these are all made with artificial flavors when you have all these different flavors in your protein. And if it's something you're drinking every day, it adds up. And if I'm using a supplement, I want to put all good stuff in my body. And that's that's Bubs, whether it's their collagen protein or their MCT oil or their fountain of youth formula. Yeah, it, it's true. You know, put it in your coffee, just mix it in the morning. It does after getting it into your system. That's what doing natural, natural supplements do. You you, you have to continue to, to build it and take it. But once you get it down and it's because your system, you can feel the difference in the morning. You can feel when you miss, really, when you miss a, a dose. Uh, uh, and especially if you're working out a ton, the MCT oil picks you up. It actually adds a little flavor to the coffee. So I have to put less cream in it. Uh, but the uh, the protein, making it unflavored, it, it makes it easy to mix it in anything. Granted, I like to put it in hot stuff because I believe that it, it does dissolve better when it's in a hot material. But you can mix it with water. You can mix it with juice, anything. And it's not going to mess up the flavor. But man, I can see the difference since I started taking bubs just in my body and my energy levels and the fountain of youth. I'm telling you, I, I mean, if you could have the video, you could check out the hair. I'm getting like young man, <laughs> young man, Poncharella from Chip's hair back in the day, man. I feel, for all you youngsters, you can Google Poncharella <laughs> from Chip's, but Eric Estrada hair. But um, it's tremendous. But I, the biggest thing is, is, you know, less hurting in my joints. I am getting stronger. I'm back to working out six days a week. I only need to take one day off. I can run every day where, man, in 2017, I was having issues. It was painful to run every day because of joints and getting older. I'm 50 now. And Bubs, guys, I, I, I swear by that stuff. It's tremendous. Uh, you got to try it. And also, you know, the, what they stand for, you know, in the memory of Glenn Doherty. You know, and, yep, and, and not going just... Back. Yeah, and, and not just keeping that name on there, but 10% goes to the Glenn Memorial Foundation. Uh, Glenn Memorial, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the foundation. Hey, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Doherty, Doherty Memorial, Memorial Foundation. Just think of this when you have to think of it. Think GDMF. GDMF, Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation. 
which uh, you know, Glenn was a teammate of mine who who died in in Libya in nine on nine twelve two thousand twelve, um, former Navy SEAL. Uh, but um, you know, the product is the best thing out there. Um, and if you have IBD, inflammatory bowel disease, col ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, anything celiacs even something or just that if anything inflames your gut and your gut, it, I have ulcerative colitis. I actually had severe ulcerative colitis. That's why I was medically discharged from the military early, and so why I went into contracting. But I have had no issues, and in fact, my gut has improved. That along with Ned's, those together, my gut, I, I don't have any issues. The last checkup I had. There was there was no indication of of ulcerative colitis except some old scarring from back in the past. You're like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Why are you not? And you're looking in better shape. Well, I said, well, I'm working out all the time, but I'm also taking these supplements, and they're working. And Bubs is part of that. So if you have IBD, guys, inflammatory bowel disease, and you want to start working out, but you can't find anything that doesn't upset your gut or cause inflammation within your gut, Bubs won't. At least it hasn't for me. And I had severe ulcerative colitis uh, uh, for many many years. Yeah, I, I've also been taking the apple cider uh, vinegar gummies every yeah, day now. Awesome. I love them. They also taste great. Yeah. So yeah, they they did a great job with those. So check any of that out at bubsnaturals.com. Use the promo code BATTLELINE and you're going to get 20% off. A ton of our audience has been loving them. I'm getting so much great feedback on Instagram and people are getting the intro videos when they become a customer from Sean and from other people who they have using their products, including like I've seen Herb Dean. Everybody knows from uh, UFC, one of the great um, one of the great reps there. I know he's, he's not with the UFC currently, but I know him from the UFC. Um, Bubs just has some great people backing their stuff. So BubsNaturals.com, promo code BATTLELINE, and now Back to John Jackson. I'm sure you guys know this and, and know this about Drew, but one of the things that that I felt about Drew the most was that he, Drew was always that guy that was he was looking for love. He wanted someone that was going to love him as much as yeah as yeah. he wanted to be loved. And I think you know I think at that point and that that may may or may not contribute to some of the thing, the things that happened at, with his exit with the agency. Yeah. Um, um, however, he was looking forward to when he left there to, to getting on with his life. And, you know, I think at that point he, he, he kind of was trying to figure out what he's going to do. And then he went back into, into contracting for a while, yeah. you know, which I kind of think, kind of think that, um, um, that conscious thirst for a while. Um, but I feel like he still had a bad taste in his mouth after leaving the agency. And then when he, he separated from, from that life and then started doing security, security stuff in New York city, I think that at that point he kind of finally found his niche. He was like happy. My wife and I had gone up to the city and, and seen him and his girlfriend at the time, which, um, he ended up marrying, um, going up to the city and getting some behind the scenes look at, at, you know, New York city and some of the things, some of the office buildings that he was, had access to. And, you know, we're going to come up here on the rooftop and, and, uh, ring in the new year here we unfortunately never got a chance to do that but you know i think that after the agency he kind of struggled a little bit on on where he wanted to go with his life what he wanted to do and um i know ian you mentioned you know in your last podcast about him uh finding the the fire department and yeah. and stuff like that he was you know that that just goes to show that's just who he was he wanted to help people yeah, that was, it's interesting because the time that you, you know, were in a different place, basically that's right when I met him, I met him right at that time, uh, you know, and that was right after the wedding. I met him, I think probably right after the wedding in Italy that, that you were just talking about. And yeah, he, he 
he was just awesome, man. And I still have cards that he would write to me. He wrote me a card for like my birthday and for, I think like around Christmas time. And he always wrote something really heartfelt in there. I remember one was like, he's like, I don't, you're one of the few New Yorkers I actually like. So I'm <laughs> grateful we get to work together. Like I remember he wrote that in one card. Uh, yeah, I just have so many great memories with him at that time. Um, you know what I'm wondering, just like on a, you know, another level with this, but when you were at the wedding in Italy, was there any type of resentment at all that you were like, crap, I got to get on a plane all the way to Italy just to like watch you get married? <laughs> I've never been to Italy, but I feel like if I wanted to go, I want to like see it, you know, spend time with my family because it's expensive to go to a destination yeah. wedding like that. Yeah, it was, uh, I, you know, I'm, that's one of the things I said in my best man speech that I wouldn't have made that trip for anybody but him. Um, Cause I, I, I'm not a, I, I'm not a big, uh, I don't like to fly a lot. Um, I, I, I do fly a lot when my wife wants to go on vacation, but I'm really not a, an airplane guy. So going from the States over to Italy, that was a, uh, that was a big hurdle for me. Um, so, you know, getting there and just, you know, he, he kind of gave me the lowdown of this is what you're going to do when you get there, you know, you know, spend some time here, work your way down. It was all overwhelming for me, all the information that he was giving me to go down to uh, where they, they got married in Sorrento. So it was it was definitely a good time. Um, but I did tell him, I was like, you know, I wouldn't make this trip across the water for anybody but you. And I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to go back. I may go back. But, you know, it was only because of him that I was there. So <laughs> that, I was I, he, I got invited to the wedding in it. That was when it was going crazy. I was so damn busy. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I can't see it. Uh, Drew, and I, guys, I know I'm being honest with it. This just was, that was, I think that was when the movie, when did he get, it was 2014 that he got married? 2015. He, he got married in 20, 2016. 2016, yeah, it was when the, yeah. it was, yeah. the movie premiere came out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember that. But I, that, that reminded me of a funny story because drew would would come like to these events when that was going on there was this thing called shot show and then the nra yep. and and yep. and and those events at that time especially for me were insane i, I was not prepared for it. insane and people sure. would come they want you to be a brand ambassador for them i tell you what it, you know people hey try this try this try this and drew was there with ian at the time and, and i never and i think this was the first time you know I, I knew you from wilkow but you know i didn't really know ian i just knew him from the wilkow show and running around and this person handed me a thing of chapstick and he goes, Hey, try this chap. So I grab it and I'm about ready to put it on. And Drew's like, Hey dude, stop. You don't know what they, they could have spiked that with roofies or shrooms or something. So put that on your lips, man. Like, what are you doing? And I had to take a step back. I'm like, gosh, he's right. I like, I, I, I gave him a high five. I, Thanks brother. I appreciate it. And I just handed it to him and I think he threw, threw it away. But it's like, I mean, me out of my skull, I'll get pulled eight million different directions. And he's still thinking about my well being with some chapstick. Which is like, yeah. he was a guy, I think, who always, you know, cared about the situational awareness stuff because yeah. in his in his job where we were, you know, which was Hurricane, he was doing the stuff with testing out gear and he yeah. loved right. all that. He loved testing out different firearms gear and all of that. So he was big on situational awareness for sure. And, so and he, I had no situational awareness at all at that time. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to figure it I, I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, go, go ahead. Because it just reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that I, I forgot about that instant. But it was so funny because we and we laughed about it after. I'm like, 
it was, it was, and he gave me shit. He's like, yeah, w- nice job, Tano. You're, you're, still, you're, still, you're still, you're still a security professional. Like, dude, I am not. Yeah. In North but, yeah. We had a, uh, had a, had a trip to Mexico, a vacation plan to Mexico. And it was right around the same time. There was a lot of, a lot of uh, bad things going on down in Mexico and weren't really sure if the Americans should be traveling there or not, but went ahead and pulled the trigger and got this trip. So the first person I contacted was Drew. And I was like, look, man, what do I need to look out for? What am I watching for? And he he gave me a whole list of things to look out for. So I'm on the plane and I'm reading up on it. And we finally get in a in a, uh, a little van that was supposed to be a taxi, but it was a little yeah. a little little far fetched to be a taxi. And I'm I'm reading over this thing. And I'm like, okay, that's what I'm looking out for. That's what I'm looking out for. He said, as long as you're confident and as long as you you know what you look like you're doing, then yeah. you'll be fine. I was like, I go, I don't know if that helps me out or not, buddy, but I'm a, I'm a big guy. So I guess I can make them think I can handle myself. So you figure, figure it out. <laughs> and, and that's, that's the truth. That really is the truth. As long as, I mean, you don't go overboard where we had guys would come down range and be overboard. Just like, sure. the, uh, no, don't look, don't look like with the air lats and the, you know, right. don't do that. <laughs> Just act yeah. like you know what you're doing. So somebody asks you a question, look them in the eyes. Oh yeah, I'm sure the coffee. Yeah, it's over there. But but you know that, and that's good training. That's good that he, you know. I'm, I'm no shock that he knew that because, uh, and that's why we got along on the GRS side of the house because he wasn't the 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 tough guy. And guys, if you, if you, we had video, you could see me. I'm bowing up doing my air lats. Uh, you know, O'Doyle rules sort of O'Doyle rules. Sort of. Look, um, but Drew was one of the guys that wasn't like that. And, and, you know, especially later, uh, you know, seven, eight, 2009, we had more guys coming in because that's when the sleeves tats were starting to get cool. And that's when, the, right. that's when the male hormone therapy was starting to be free. It was starting to be legalized. And, and, um, <laughs> And, uh, and it was, so it was, it was cool having a guy like that because you know, it was just, he's just another normal guy that, you know, if you needed to turn that fucking switch on, right. Oh yeah. We're, we're, we're slaying some, we're slaying some sons of bitches out there, but right. if we didn't, it was, you know, it was goofing off. It was, you know, and, and he also got the pat on the butt, good game, pat on the butt, which a lot of guys didn't, you know, they, like, sure. you know, sure. it's football. <laughs> hey, good game. But we do it as a joke. Hey, good game. Right. Right. Pat yeah. you on yeah. the ass. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, and, and the, you know, the, 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 I know people get the, the locker room humor. He got that because literally sure. locker room humor that you get when right. you play football and, and you don't get offended by stupid little jokes. So that was that's of, amazing to hear. Yeah. Go ahead. I want, I want to hear, does that bring of, back memories? Of, yeah. Yeah, man. So one of the, one of the coolest things that, you know, I, and I didn't find this out until after he had passed. Um, so my daughter, who is 29 now? She is a uh, spent four and a half years in the Marine Corps, so wow. she was stationed. She was stationed in Okinawa, and, uh, and again, I didn't find this out until afterwards. But Drew would send her. He would send her text messages. He would send her messages. Say, "Hey, Marine, how you doing?" He was he was her uncle, so he wanted to check in on her, make sure she was doing okay. So he would contact her all the time just to make sure she was doing okay. And my, you know, I had her early in life. I, I raised her by myself. I didn't know how to raise a girl, so I raised her like a boy. So I always called her GI Jane, and she she hated she hated that she hates it to this day. But she she's she's a badass, and she just. She could take care of herself, but he would always get in touch with her and always see how she was doing just to make sure that my kid was okay over in Okinawa doing her thing in the Marine Corps. He always kept in touch with her. So I thought that was pretty, that was pretty cool. And how did, how did she do? She got four years and did she get out? What, what, yeah. Tell us a little bit. Can you, if you don't mind, I, yeah. I'm interested. Yes. 
Sure. So she actually um, she left for boot camp uh, like two weeks after her high school graduation. She was she was gung ho. She was ready to go. She didn't want to go to college. She wanted. She said she wanted a challenge. And I said, "Well, you're picking the Marine Corps. That's a pretty good challenge <laughs> to go into." So, um, so she uh, went in the Corps and uh, went to uh, 29 Palms for for a short short stint, and then uh, flew out to Okinawa and was there for the rest of her time. She was probably there for three years or so. And uh, she enjoyed it over there. She she liked being there. Uh, my son-in-law, her husband, spent five years in the Marine Corps. Okay. Um, so they both separated with the Marines. And uh, after their time was up and came back to Virginia, you know, started raising their family. So, But he always kept in contact with her and and uh, was a big part of her life. That's awesome. awesome. That is. You know what I was going to tell you? Uh, Chris just said it earlier, but when you said about um, – testosterone replacement therapy and full sleep tattoos. <laughs> it, it is true that Drew was the polar opposite of that yeah. because Drew might be one of the only military members I know who did not have one tattoo. And that one tattoo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, right. And I remember at one point he um he started talking with me about getting a tattoo because I have like a Japanese, um you know, koi fish on my leg. And he's like, that's fucking awesome. And he's like, if I get a tattoo, I don't want to do like the stereotypical Marine Corps thing. He's like, I want to do a dragon or something cool like that. And I remember him telling Fran, his wife, about it. And Fran was like, Drew, you're like 40. Like, what, what is this? Like the midlife crisis thing? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. He was, uh, he had no tattoos. He was a, he was a Blake canvas. He was a, he was a work in progress. I, I like to say. So yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, last time I, the last time I saw Drew, but this is how it was whenever I came to New York city. You know, and I, sometimes I would stay at some nice places. They put, people would put me up at, what, what's one of the sure. nice hotels? Like the, the, they're the one, the iconic one, the one you see in home alone. I stayed at, um, I don't even know off the top of my uh, head. Is that the, the Waldorf Astoria? The Waldorf Astoria. There, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Here, yeah. Here's Drew. Okay. And you know what Drew has to wear every day? Shorts yeah. that are cut Shorts. off, cut off <laughs> with his flip flops and a ripped yeah. t-shirt or a t-shirt that with the neck just stretched. I, it, it's like, right. can you go buy a new t-shirt the neck? <laughs> of course I'm staying I'm like, Hey man. Yeah. Every time I come to the city, I had, a, you know, I had some time. I'd say we'd meet and we have dinner. We go and have a drink or, you know, we come and hang out and I'm like, Hey man, I'm in. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll be there in a bit. I'm, I'll jump on the subway. I'll be, I'll jump on the train and I'll be there. And of course he walks into the Waldorf Astoria flip flops, ripped camo shorts that are cut. And then the sleep, I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, dude, couldn't you at least put on a clean T-shirt or something? Man? <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not dressed up either, but at least my shirt. And, and he would just laugh and smile like he goes. And he goes, I don't give a shit. I'm like, that's cool, but we're not staying here. Let's go. Let's go out. Let's go out to the meatpacking district or get the hell out of here where we fit in. Because this, this, right. this, I said, you're scaring the straights, man. We need to get the hell out of here. They think you're going to rob the place. He, he's where I got my love for uh, cargo shorts from. Cargo I, shorts. My wife, my wife absolutely hates my cargo shorts, but I'm like, look, I got to, you got to be prepared. And she's like, well, what are you going to be prepared for? I go, I got to hold your keys. I got to hold your phone. I got to hold your makeup. I'm heading out and all I'm taking with me is my phone, wallet, keys. Yeah, phone, wallet, keys. That's why I wear cargo shorts. You're always wear those cargo shorts. So he got me hooked on that back. Uh, that's all. That's, I do. I remember that every time I came to the city, every time. I, I wouldn't even bother telling him, hey, wear something. Can you wear something a little nicer? I mean, can you put some shorts on that aren't cut, that you didn't cut with a scissor and didn't have? Going to the zoo, I need my phone. Wallet keys. If I'm getting a face tattoo, I need my phone. Wallet keys. If I'm going out to a wedding. No, I was like, screw it. He's coming in. We'll go. I don't give a shit. He don't give a shit. Let's go. But it was. It was 
was fun because I could always razz him about it a little bit because it was he'd walk in the and it, I, I mean I knew he was scaring the living shit like everybody's looking at him going does this guy belong in here man <laughs> like you judgmental sons of bitches he's got more money yeah. than you guys can <laughs> anyway yeah, um, it's funny we had a we had a good uh we had a good time at the uh, at the wedding you know we had the we had bought the the suits for the groomsmen uh, a while ago right and uh and uh, I said, man, I gotta, I gotta check this suit out to make sure I can still fit in it because we had bought it so many months before the wedding. And luckily, I was able to squeeze in it, and everything worked fine. So we, we get to Italy, and one of the groomsmen shows up. So we're all in my, my suite getting dressed, and his, his uh, suit was a shade darker than everyone else's. So we're all getting dressed, and, and Drew looks at him, and he goes, "Man, that's not gonna, that's not gonna go over well." And he goes, "What are you talking about?" He goes. Fran's going to know that your suit is not like our suits as soon as she sees you. And I was like, oh, this isn't going to end well. So Drew goes, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He goes, I'll handle it. So we go out and, and uh, get to the wedding and we're doing our thing. So I could see Fran kind of looking at the, the groomsman whose suit was a little different shade. And afterwards, and pictures were taken. She goes, where's your suit? And he goes, what are you talking about? This is my suit. And uh, you could tell that she was just starting to get more and more angry about it. She goes, what happened to your suit? And we look around for Drew because he was supposed to handle everything. He took off. He didn't want any parts of that situation. <laughs> so, yeah, so man. He, he took off and we found him a couple minutes later. He was like, you guys were on your own. I was like, thanks a lot, bud. <laughs> That's, oh, yes. That's a great story to end it with, Ben. You know, because we are unfortunately like limited on time. I'd, well, I sure. could go another hour on this, but that is sure. that is a great way to end it, man. Usually when we have guests on, it's like, where can we find your book? Where can we find your social media? Sure. Uh, do you have sure. anything at all that you're promoting? I, 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 you know, and, and, like so with, with, John, you know I, what I? If you could, um, your football schedule coming up. I, you know, if anybody and you guys are state champions, if there's any place that football is still football and doesn't get the money and the politics and all that, it's it's high school football, especially Virginia, huge. Sure. You know, that's like people don't realize football is huge up in Northern Virginia and Virginia area, like it is in Texas. I don't think people realize how yep. big it is up on the East Coast. So. Uh, what's your schedule like? When do you guys start? And are you guys are you guys uh, you know, are they are they are they uh, are they uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, help me out. My, my mind, you know, for this year, are they prospecting you? You guys perspective uh, going to be state champions this year? Or are they thinking? This so gonna- so the the season we just wrapped up and, and believe it or not, was the first weekend in May. That was our COVID season. That's when we actually won the state championship. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. So we. So we finished up. We finished up late. So now we're, you know, we've got the boys back in the weight room, and we'll start um, the first week of August with regular season practice. So back to fall, up, back to fall football for the upcoming fall. Yeah. So, and just to give you a little background on our team, we've actually been to the state championship um, ten times in the last. Wow. Oh, since I think the school opened in two thousand, so we've been there ten times, and we've won states twice. Um, so we've they've had some heartbreaks over the years with yeah. not not finishing the deal, but we actually finished last year being undefeated, which was uh, which was great. And I actually uh, am coaching for the the high school coach that I had when I was playing high school football. Wow, that's nice. And, uh, so it's, it's yeah, so it's a great 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 turn of events. And I'll tell you a real quick story before we go. Um, we're at the state game. And I've got like a couple of uh, I'm a real superstitious guy, so I've got a couple couple things in my pocket. I've got the I found a, a penny on heads on our football field, so I shoved that in there. I had uh, a four leaf clover that one of my buddies got me. I stuck that in the other pocket. I had cargo shorts on because it was about 100 <laughs> degrees outside. 
And then I had a, I had a, a rock that I had from Drew's Memorial Service with his football number on it. And I, and I, and the God's honest truth, we were on defense and I pulled that thing out of my pocket and I start rubbing it and I start talking to Drew. Everyone, <laughs> everyone has a mask on. So I'm, I'm sure that my, my football players thought that I was crazy talking to myself because I didn't have headphones on. So every time I was talking to Drew and rubbing that thing, it, a big play would happen. And, you know, long story short, you know, we, we tied the game up. We were two seconds left in the fourth quarter. We had a, a sophomore kicker get up. Wow. This kid could kick 50 yarders in practice. We we're going to kick a field goal to end the game. 35 yards out, he pushes it wide left. Oh, wow. Overtime. Oh, wow. They actually, they actually uh, get first dibs on the ball. They kick a field goal. At that point, I'm thinking, we got this. We were backed up third and 16. Our quarterback, who just committed to Clemson, was running across wow. the field. Turns and throws back across his shoulder. Our wide receiver does an Odell Beckham in the back of the end zone and has this incredible one-handed catch and uh, won the game. And I just I, I started crying like a baby because I knew that Drew was there with us. Drew was a, a high school state champion football player yeah. um, when he lived back in Wisconsin. So it was it was just the icing on the cake. And I just and my awesome. wife was so happy for us. And I just had this, you know, I just had to tell that story with with him being with me while I was there and doing great things. So ah, that's that's a that's an even better way to end up. That's a yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's that's a great yeah. no, a great story. Uh, I I know Ian, Ian will say the same thing. I I'm going to say, but thanks for coming on, brother. And and yeah, I'll keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for sure. Watching and keeping the high school rankings every once in a while. I'll see it on a couple. USA Today still puts those on there every once yep. in a while. So yeah, yeah brother. Good luck to you this year, Ian. Ian, what you great. got, man? Thank you, guys. No, that that's it. I'm I'm uh, I'm glad we were able to get you on. I I know we went shorter than usual, and we we could have gone longer, but sure. it happens. But uh, these stories are just important. You know, this is basically part two of remembering Drew Dwyer having his brother on and having you on. And honestly, if I feel like if we don't have these type of sh- stories on the podcast, no one would ever know them. And I want sure. people to know them. Sure, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh. And you know, I really appreciate you guys keeping Drew's memory alive. It, it really means so much to a lot of people. I know it means a lot to you guys. So I appreciate you. Thanks, John. Take Thanks, care, bro. John. Good luck this Thank season, man. Good luck, man. Great, Good appreciate it. That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battle Line Podcast and on Twitter at Battle Line Pod. To sign up for future Battle Line tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit. <laughs> <laughs>